What's up, what's up, what's going on, everybody? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through in this Friday morning edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is a place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. And, of course, as usual, we got quite a bit to discuss today. So let's get right into it with the word on the street. Now, um, first things first is a big story that I just came across a couple days ago. Uh, but over $60, uh, 60 doctors, excuse me, across seven states were charged uh, with illegally distributing opioid pills. Now, prescriptions were made in exchange for sexual favors, or in other cases, it would be cash bribes. Uh, and people would attain, you know, the big, the big uh, opioids, the big two, hydrocodone and oxycodone. Big major issue. We already have an issue with these these pills being uh, just put on the streets, anyways. But again, we have a a serious situation here in which you know we have these false prescriptions prescriptions being filled out and these people getting access to these these really these these narcotics this is just as bad as crack this is just as bad as any lean uh, you might drink on you might sip on this is just as bad as any heroin uh, matter of fact uh, these are the opioid itself is the building block for for the uh, for morphine and heroin and so on and so forth so very dangerous situation right here uh, one doctor in North Alabama actually recruited prostitutes and other uh, women to be his patients and he would uh, manipulate them sexually uh, he would use their drug habits against them uh, and police were called to his house many times for overdose overdoses and other suspicious activity now with all that being said there was a lot of doctors involved uh, but I guess because everything is still pending and everything is still all out in the open you do not have a whole lot of names available uh, but one name that I was able to come across uh, was Dr. Andrew Rudin out of Tennessee uh, and also his nurse uh, Jeff Young uh, now his, his nurse Jeff Young will file these prescriptions uh, in, in for cash payments and also just for some type of, I guess it will also set in the article some notoriety within that community as being uh, some type of local celebrity because he has the pill. So we're, again, this is a very serious situation. Again, uh, we are, you know, uh, we're, we're looking to the medical establishment to protect us or to help us or to prevent these diseases or prevent these problems, but here they are forcing them on us for profit for profit uh and also uh you know again uh, like I said, people were also called uh, to, for the, for example, for the doctor in North uh, North Alabama, police were called to his house many times for overdoses and all other all other types of suspicious activity that, of course, goes along with drug use and drug abuse. So, again, I mean, nobody arrested him. Nobody thought to question anything. Then this is going on for a while. Again, I. I there is some type of privilege in this society, uh, and it becomes very apparent in situations like this. Uh, but in terms of the damage that was done, 350 illegal prescriptions were made and 32 million pills were distributed in Ohio. Uh, like I said, in states like Ohio, Kentucky, already brought up Tennessee, uh, also West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and also Louisiana, where a couple of doctors were actually uh, prosecuted as well. West Virginia has some, had some of the se more serious problems uh, with drug-related cases as a matter of fact it race that state ranks first in overdoses and ohio was second uh kentucky a state that also was listed here that as an issue was ranked fifth so again uh these doctors are getting over on just uneducated uh people who have very serious uh addiction and dependency issues uh these people were you know they 
we're taught to, I guess, the Hippocratic Oath to take care of us. But in reality, uh, really what it's been the Hippocratic Oath is, is to maintain the profit of the pharmaceutical uh, industry. And it's a damn shame, uh, like I said, because, again, especially in a state like West Virginia, that has the most cases of drug overdoses and and the majority of the drug overdoses are coming from these prescription drugs. That's the part that they're not saying. See, people are not dying from heroin overdoses no more. There's no such thing as a meth overdose. People can't overdose from weed. Of course, you can drink yourself under the table with alcohol poisoning. But they, the, the real killer the real killer drugs are the ones you're getting from your doctor that's being signed for on a piece of paper. Uh, one third of all uh, of all the 70,000 drug overdoses, like I said, came from a prescription. That right there is a fact. So uh, that's a very serious issue that we have to deal with as a people. Uh, that's something, well, well uh, for one, it'll be, well, we can definitely deal with it as a people, but again, we, well, the medical industry has that responsibility. They uh, basically failed uh, the common, they failed us. Uh, the medical industry in part with the pharmaceutical industry has failed uh, the American people. And with a situation like this, it's time, in my opinion, it's time for a complete overall overhaul of, of our medical system. It's been for profit for so many years and this is the result. You're giving people drugs, you're stringing people out and people are dying, they are dying. Again, this is not your heroin. This is not shooting something up your arm. You're getting this from your actual doctor. Your doctor is going along with it with you. Instead of telling you, no, maybe you should, maybe you should wait a little bit. Maybe I should run a few more tests. These doctors will make up tests and just give people, give these pills to people. So we have a very serious problem here. And I hope these doctors, well, at the moment, uh, like I said, there being 60 doctors will be charged uh, for, for this for this case. And I, hopefully it leads into more of a Pandora's box. Of course, we're going to find out some more. Uh, we might find out some more neg negative uh, news, but of course, uh, at least we understand more so uh, the ins and outs and the depths in which this is going. Because I think it even goes deeper than this and it's been going on for a lot longer than this. Watch out. Uh, well, I know, of course, there's always been, you know, media and society will tell you watch out for a drug dealer watch out for the guy on the corner watch out for the guy in the doctor's office watch out for the guy with the slips y'all so that's all i'm going to say there i'm going to move on to my next story uh this story is coming from michigan state and um i got like i said it was a a very another very serious uh situation in terms of some sexual assault uh coming from a school that's already had some drama like this uh but it's very interesting to me and i have some very interesting thoughts and opinions about this so i want to get right into it right now uh bailey kowalski a current student who's a senior right now at uh, like i said michigan state uh recently held a actually last week held a public com uh, conference uh to discuss an ongoing lawsuit with the university uh and she claims that five years ago in 2015 or actually about four years ago in 2014 as a freshman she was assaulted by three members of the basketball team and was also then pressured by school counselors to not tell other school officials or file a police report uh, now this is the very important quote here and I and I'm gonna tell you why I feel some type of way about this report about this quote excuse me uh, the silent survivors matter and they're worth fighting for this is a quote coming directly from Kowalski uh, and and I just and the reason why I feel like um, 
Well, you know what? Let me get deeper into the story, uh, and I'll come back to this quote. Now, Kowalski, like I said, was a freshman at the time, and she ended up, and, her, and originally her uh, major was sports journalism. Uh, now, at the time of the incident, she would use a fake ID to get into a local bar, where she would meet up with the four players. Uh, I'm presuming because she was at a major uh, at sports journalism, she probably already knew these players to some extent. But again, she was like I, again, she used a fake ID and she got into the bar. And that's again, that's where she rendezvoused with the with the three players. Uh, she was then she was then invited to their apartment. Uh, this is when you this is when she says she was told uh, by one of the players, "You're going to be mine for the night." She also said that she believed she could have been drugged. Well, if I mean, if you were drugged, then how can you remember all you know these different details of the story? But again, we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, she was also led into a dark room uh, after she was told she'd be sh shown some type of sports uh, memorabilia, and that's when she was uh, basically pushed and pressed on a bed, and the other three uh, players took turns on her. Um, again, uh, my biggest thing, uh, if you know, I'm not gonna question uh, her. Uh, her uh her honesty i'm not going to say that this did not happen but again uh one thing that i'm going to keep stressing and i'm going to keep putting out there is if these things happen to you i i'm sorry if it if it if they really happen to you and if you really feel some type of way go to the police now I get it. She uh, afterwards she said she went into this depression. She even had to switch up and change majors, so on and so forth. But if you were able to go to a counselor, then I would have went to the police. Even with my significant other, I'll tell her the same thing. Anything happens to you, because I at the moment I won't be able to do anything. Now maybe if I decide to be a gangster and do something in the moment after the fact and do something after the fact to retaliate sure that's one thing but at that very moment there's nothing i can do so what i would suggest any female in that situation i know it might be hard i'm not too sure all that blah blah blah, blah. but i i was i was i was uh sexually assaulted as a, as a younger as a younger child and i made it be known to whoever it whoever it was they needed to be known to so I get it. It's hard to talk about. Uh, I can imagine uh, it, it even was harder for me coming from a, a guy's perspective. Uh, but I would suggest anything that happens to you, I would immediately tell the police. I would immediately go to a hospital and get a rape kit done. I wouldn't sit here and wait for two or three years and then just pop up. See, because my issue is when you wait, when they decide to wait and not say anything, it always comes back as a lawsuit, as something that you're trying to get paid for. That's my issue. Okay? That's that's why I think if something happens to you right away, tell tell the police. Don't don't sit there and wait or tell somebody who's close to you. Tell a father, tell a mother, tell your best friend. Y'all talk about your y'all talk to your friends about everything. I don't see how this doesn't I don't see how this doesn't leave somebody's mouth for two or three years. I'm sorry. I I mm -mm. you need to say something right then and there. I know it's difficult. I know it's but they've made it. I'm sorry what they're pushing. They're pushing in society is for you to be more willing to tell. So the fact that we're still waiting and people are still waiting to tell their story, waiting for this and wait to me, it's about opportunity. 
And another thing, what they're not going to tell you about, I know what the, 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 the main media outlets are not going to tell you when they discuss this story. I know any liberal-minded person, especially a woman, is not going to tell you. She's not going to sit there and question this. Why, who, why would she go to, the, go to a bar? Now, I'm not too sure she's from the, the East Lansing area, which is where Michigan State is at. I'm not too sure she's from Michigan in general. I don't know where the, the girl is from. I don't know too much about her backstory. But why are you going to a... Now, mind you, didn't nobody go to the... Now, in her testimony, she she, she said she went to the club by herself. She went to the bar by herself with the fake ID. That's her first big problem. Young women... I don't care how grown you think you are. I don't think how 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 special or how uh, how how do you think society changed or how it should be viewed toward you or how people think or how you think people should treat you in this society. You're vulnerable to these people, to a lot of these people. I would not leave my dorm or whatever situation, living circumstances I'm living in by myself to go get intoxicated. With people that I barely know. Now, mind you, we also take away the, take put in this fact as well. In the majority of sexual assault or rape cases, it's done by somebody you know, somebody you've come in contact with, somebody you've talked to. So she must have known these players. Now it makes perfect sense because her her uh, her major is sports journalism. So it makes perfect sense that she would come in contact with these players. It makes perfect sense she would talk to these players in many different circumstances. She's probably seen a lot of these guys in class or, you know, part of her major. She's had to interview these players or talk to these players, show up to the games. So they know her. My thing about it all is, it's especially if the guy knows you, how difficult would it just be to say, look, I got raped, police, and this is who did it. What are you worried about? What are you scared about revealing that for? Retaliation? Nine times out of ten, it was done by somebody you know. If you go to the police and let them know such and such did this to me, here's my rape kit that I went ahead and go went to an authority, went to the, the medical facility to get, what, what could they miss? What retaliation? We already know how rapists get done and sexual molesters get done in, in the joint. So what, do you, what is the what is the what is the fear of telling on somebody for? Which leads me, I'm sorry, and I get it. it. It adds too many layers, and I get it. You don't want to get that person. You you might not want to get that person. You might know in trouble. Whatever. I I think it's all BS. Somebody touches you the wrong way. You need to let somebody know. And young women. Don't leave the house with no fake ID and don't call yourself getting all drunk and all all types of intoxicated and leaving with men that you don't know with no females around you. I'm I'm not saying again, again, you have to be use your brain. I'm not leaving the house. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to too many bars by myself as a dude. I'm going with at least one other partner. So, I, I, again, she leaves the house by herself. She wanted to be so grown, wanted to get the fake ID. I'm sorry. I, 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 it's not within. It's not. I, I'm just. I'm just. I'm a thinker. I use my brain. It's not with. It's not outside the realm of possibility that she gave her cootie away. 
understood well got got some backlash either from family or people around her people were starting to say oh you can't be like because again because again because again this is being done by people you more than likely know so why would you why would you not go straight to the authority and say look this is what happened to me a white girl getting raped by three black dudes you should you should have said something that night and it would have been no it would have been over with but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take this hold it in and it come out when it come, when it come, I'm going to hold this in and come back five years later, four years later and say, I want a lawsuit. If it's about justice, you go to the police right then and there. Why are we waiting for a lawsuit? Is that what, he, what it's all about? Is it all about the payment? Is that what the Me Too movement is about? To me, that's the precedence that I see being sent. If it was about justice, if it really was about stopping rape, well, then go the night of you get raped and you go to the authority, let them know what happened and call it a day. Why are we waiting four years later and talking about we need to settle out of court? To me, I, I see I I see a case where somebody uh, threw her cootie away, got judged about it harshly, or figured that she would get judged harshly about it, and instead of just saying this is what happened or whatever, she holds on to it and says, "Well, I got I got I got I got touched the wrong way." Well, what was you doing at the bar with a fake ID? What was you doing drinking with men you don't know? That's exact. What were you doing going to their apartment? If a man invites you to any of his, if he, if he invites you to his place of shelter, he's looking to do something sexual. Why would you leave that? Why would you leave that area? So there's too many questions, um, and there's too many. It's too many. Look, I, I'm sorry. I, I even have to tell my significant other: if somebody rapes you, you go to the police first. Don't do not. I don't want to hear none of that two, three days later, unless because if you tell me, even if you wait, even if you wait and you tell me I'm going to the police, the fuck I'm supposed to do. I'm not I'm not with the waiting four or five years and they're talking about I need this, 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 this lawsuit. No, if he raped you, put him in the jailhouse. That's what you're supposed to do. You don't wait. You're not going to wait four or five years for that. So I think there should be a statute of limitations on all crime. So you don't get to know. Nobody should be able to do that. If it, if you didn't want to talk about it, then leave it alone. Oh, it bothers me so much. Oh my! Well, you should have been trying to get it off the chest. The reason why, the reason why my situation, honestly, because I was sexually abused as a child by another man. The reason why I can sit here and talk about it freely and, and act like it doesn't, because it don't bother me no more, because I was able to open up about it. Somebody told me, Jamal, you don't have to worry about that. That's over. We're here to protect you. You can protect yourself. We'll teach you this. We'll give you skills to protect yourself. Be smarter. Look out for these situations. That's what happens. You don't hold on to shit. You don't harbor shit for 15, five years and talk about, well, I need this. I need, I need, I, I'm, I'm distressed. I'm this. Fuck that. You could have been talking to your mama for years. She's, she could have been helping you. Talk to your homegirl. You should have told your homegirl. I mean, it's like, I don't, I don't get it. I'm telling somebody right away. And if it ain't right away, it, 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 it's, it's within a, it's in a, within the realm of, of what happened. It's in the realm of time in which something happened. I'm not waiting two or three years. It's confusing to me. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break. <laughs> Um, but when I come back, I'm going to be talking some NBA playoffs. I'll be going over all the action from last night. I'll also be breaking down the big uh, the big contract 
uh, from Russell uh, Wilson. We were talking a little bit about that as well. Uh, he recently signed an extension uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. So we're looking to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, and then we're also going to break down, oh, that, that new movie, Us, by Jordan Peele. We'll talk a little bit about that, too. You'll be surprised as to how I feel about that one. So I'll be right back. All right, y'all. Alright y'all, I am back. Like I said, I got some NBA playoff action to go over. We'll be going over some game threes right quick. Uh, we're going to start off with the Sixers and the Nets. Uh, the Sixers were able to get the win in this one, 131-115, taking the 2-1 to -one series. Uh, two to one series lead. Uh, let's break down the stats here for the Sixers. Uh, they were led by Ben Simmons, who had a resurgent game, 31 points, nine assists. He also had four rebounds. Tobias Harris had 29 points as well, 16 rebounds, and also three assists. So he's been having a couple good games as well. So he, uh, he's been picking it up as well. JJ Redick also showed up to play as well, 26 points and two assists from him. As far as the, the Nets go, D'Angelo Russell uh, led them with 26 points, four rebounds, and also three assists. Uh, Karis LeVert also had 26.7 uh, rebounds and also two assists. And Spencer Dinwiddie, their sixth man, had 15 points four re and four rebounds coming off the bench. Uh, as far as my takeaways from the game, of course, uh, Philly did a, a, a phenomenal job on the boards. They outscored the Nets 54 to 50. 40, 50, uh, sorry, 54 to 43. That's always important, of course, because that is extra possessions, and extra possessions equal what? More points. Uh, so uh, a good job on the on the glass. Joel Embiid, uh, he was out, uh, but they still had a good they still had a good uh, margin uh, on the board. So. Uh, look for them to continue that, especially when Embiid comes back. Uh, 26 team assists for the Sixers as well. Uh, they passed the ball around pretty well. Again, like I keep saying, anytime where you see multiple people with 20 or more points or just double digits, you know, 10 or more points in general, you see two, three players uh, with 10 or more points, they're doing a good job of passing that ball. 26 assists is pretty good. Uh, enough to enough to win by a feasible margin because that means people are are getting the ball and people are doing something with the ball as well uh moving on we got some uh we got the nuggets uh taking another l to the spurs uh this time on the road 108 to uh 118 is the final score there the spurs take the 2-1 lead on this one i'm I'm a bit surprised about this series here. Uh, but for the Nuggets, they were led by uh, Nikola Jokic. He had 22 points, 7 assists, and 8 rebounds. The next leading scorer was Michael Beasley. 20 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 assists off the bench. They also got some work from Paul Millsap, who had 14 points. For the Spurs, uh, they were led by DeMar DeRozan. Again, uh, really showing up in this playoff series. Like I said, a, a lot's been said about him in the past. You know, him in Toronto always coming up short against LeBron. Uh, but again, he's been shining pretty well in this series 28 points five assists he also had four rebounds Derek Wright had 36 points five assists and also five rebounds and LaMarcus Aldridge uh, was not, was um was was also a factor as well he had 18 points uh, also 11 rebounds uh for Denver for Denver they did finish the game with a higher field goal and three point percentage so how they end up losing um again they got they got beat in the fourth quarter when it really counted I think the lack of experience is really starting to show up. The Spurs out rebounded Denver 45 to 37. They also scored 62 points in 62 points in the paint. So that's that's that might be what uh put 
the Spurs over. They were just so dominant in the paint, but then they could shoot as well. It just didn't show up so much in this game, but at the same time, they were just able to score in general. So another, it almost seemed like an easy win for the Spurs, especially when it came down to like the the real, uh, the, the, the moments of the game that really count, you know. So a good win by the Spurs. Again, like I said, they're 2-1 uh, up in that series. And um, I, I don't know. It's looking bad for the Nuggets right now. I'm not really confident in them right now. Just I'm just gonna keep it lit. Uh, moving on, we found uh, the final game from last night uh, where the Warriors they were able to get some revenge on the Clippers. Uh, they go up two one in that series, one thirty two to one hundred five is the final score there for the Warriors. Of course, they were led by KD uh, who had a really aggressive night, thirty eight point seven assists. He also had four rebounds. Steph, of course, uh, always a factor, twenty one points and five rebounds. Andre Iguodala also did his thing, fifteen points, three assists, and two rebounds for the Clippers. Um, as usual, they were led by Lou Williams coming off the bench, 16 points, 6 assists, and also 2 rebounds. Uh, Montrez Harrell also got 15 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. And Ivica Zubac also got 18 points and 15 rebounds, so a decent double-double for him. Uh, Golden State had the most assists out of any team last night, 35 of them to be exact. Again, a lot of good ball, ball movement, which is pretty much that. That's how pretty much how they operate in a nutshell. A lot of ball movement, a lot of open shots. Uh, Again, uh, Warriors just went to work. Uh, they also blocked 11 shots, so defensively they were on fire. They were they were really tuned into what the, the Clippers were doing. Uh, and another thing that I'm looking over when I looked over this, the Clippers stats like uh, last night is they get a lot of production from their bench. Ivica uh, Zubak had a good game last night. Uh, Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell have been on fire the entire season. But the starting five, in my opinion, has been hit and miss. You don't really see Danilo Gallinari doing a whole lot every single game. Uh, and just that starting five in general is not necessarily active right now. They're not having uh, 15 and 16-point games every every night or 20-point games, and I think that's a problem. Uh, Patrick Beverly, for for what he does offensively, he is an offensive. He is a real offensive liability. And I think a lot of that team is an offensive liability. You're only really getting offense right now from Lou Williams, consistent offense, that is, from Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. That's not a good sign when you're going up against a, a starting five in which everybody can score, and you have a couple people that's off the bench who can score on any given night, whether it be Livingston, Kayvon Looney, and all that for the Warriors. So, Again, uh, the Clippers had a good game three. I'm sorry, a good game two. Uh, we're able to measure some level, get some level of some some payback. But that game three, uh, it's a, it's just an indicative of what we're going to be seeing uh, in this series. I got the Lakers winning it. It's 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 a foregone conclusion. Again, uh, moving on, we got some NFL news here. I'm gonna go over this real quick and. Uh, this is the biggest news. Uh, Russell Wilson agreed to a four-year extension with the Seahawks earlier this week worth $140 bucks, with $65 million guaranteed. Uh, this makes him the highest player in the league, although he does not have as much guaranteed to him as Kirk Cousins with the $85 million. But then we already know who's the better quarterback. So... We'll see who gets to the, we'll, we'll see who gets the more success coming into the future. Uh, like I said, this makes uh, Russell Wilson the highest paid, not only the highest paid quarterback, but also the highest paid player in general in the league. He's a five-time Pro Bowler, and last season he had a really phenomenal season: thirty-five, t uh, 
35 passing touchdowns. He had 110.9 passer rating, and he only threw for he only threw seven interceptions, which is tied for a career low. He also was able to get to the, the Seahawks to the playoffs, uh, and with that roster, no real offensive line. They have solid wide receivers, but they do like a tight end, and they do have a solid running game. But again, they're running their uh, their defense. Their defense has fallen off a little bit, but for them to get to the to, to the playoffs last year, it just proved that Russell Wilson is the man uh, for Seattle. He's been getting it done uh, for, for so many years to them, and it's good to see that they they said forget it, we'll pay you because it looked like as though you know they don't they don't. He's not the typical pocket passer he's not like tom brady he has these little flaws within his game so they wanted to kind of disparage him uh but again russell wilson made it work i mean he is the engine that drives them it didn't matter how good that defense was without him uh being able to do what he can do uh either throwing the ball or even running the ball um he was able to get it done and he's the reason why that team is on the map uh one thing I will say for him, and and, and I, I I normally don't uh, wouldn't go there. Uh, I think you need to, to to take have a sit down with your wife Sierra, and tell her sometimes you need to shut the hell up. I'm just gonna keep it real. I, I we don't need to know about what you're gonna buy with his money. We don't need to know about none of that. Let the man and 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 you know and I and there's so much that you know that that we don't need to know all that. You know, that's why Future has, has, you know, keep trying to throw little lugs at him. He got, he got other brothers trying to throw lugs at the man. Russell, get your girl, tell her, look, silence. You want to talk and joke about all that? Let's joke about it together. Keep it with your homegirls. We don't need you to put all my business out there all on social media talking about what you going to do with my money that I done earned. You making him look like a sucker, Sierra. I'm sorry. I know what I don't know what your intention is, but I'm gonna tell you right now, Russell Wilson. She trying she, she with what she kind of do. She kind of make you look like a simp. And I don't I, I I personally because I respect you, bro. I respect you. I don't like you looking like that. And I think that's how she making you look, bro. But you a hundred forty million dollar man. You a Super Bowl champion. You a pro baller, and you trying to bring baseball to a city that ain't never had a, a baseball team in Portland, Oregon. So I give you the, the trifecta or, or four times for that. I give you about a lot of love for that. I'm gonna move on, but Russell, check your girl, check your girl. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, but moving on, uh, we're gonna call it a quick break for right now. Uh, when I do get back, we are gonna get, uh, be breaking down this uh, this Jordan Peele joint, this uh, this new Us movie. Now it's been out for a while, uh, but I finally got a chance to see it uh, for myself, and I'm be breaking it down. Uh, like I said, you'll be surprised about how you how I really feel about it. So uh, all right, y'all, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. All right, my weebalizations, I am back, and I'm going to wrap this up for today. Like I said, I'll be reviewing the movie Us, of course, by Jordan Peele. Um, let me just talk about my initial feelings real quick. I'm not going to be doing a synopsis. I'm pretty sure everybody, everybody named Mama done saw it. Uh, there's probably a few people that haven't, uh, haven't seen it. I, would I suggest you go check it out? I mean... If you're looking for something to watch, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking to you know catch a catch a good movie, a decent movie, go ahead. I um, well, let me just let me just finish what I wanted to say. <laughs> as I've gotten older, I've learned to uh, keep an open mind. I've learned not to be as negative. I've I've learned not to be uh, you know a contrarian so much. You know, I I used to be the kid that 
I remember back in the day, uh, you know, when Kobe Bryant was the hottest basketball player out. I would, I would, you could call me a hater. I would just sit on him and, and just hate on him and say all type of stuff about him. He ain't nothing. He ain't nothing. I don't like his afro. I don't like L.A. I don't like nothing about him, especially when he's cheating to beat the Kings. Same thing, you know, I have my biases uh with with boxers i used to hate on oscar de la Hoya. he just the go he not the golden boy he's still he's the silver medal even though i know he won a gold medal in the olympics but again i'm hating i wasn't a fan i wasn't like that you know i, was, I wasn't gonna sit there and give him his credit of course as i got older i realized yeah he's a five-time champ or however many time champion six-time champion world champion lakers uh kobe bryant same time a uh, five-time world champion mvp you know, and, and over time, you know, when I got in high school, you know, uh, my senior year, Drake got big. I used to kind of hate on him, too. Like, man, he's trash. He's boo-boo. He's Degrassi. He's all that. But then I learned to concede and say, look, people, he still has an avenue. People like his music. Um, and he has a right to exist, just like anybody else. He has a right to do that. So when I got older, I, got, I learned to, like I said, let go of those contrarian, you know, just disagreeable thoughts, just disagreeable behaviors. But, you know, this movie right here, Us, I'm going to be honest with you, it brought it back. It triggered something in me, inside of me. And again, I, the movie itself, just like when I saw Get Out, and it's just, it's just, it's just something about this guy, Jordan Peele. And it's, it's it brings something out of me that's like, come on, really? Are we really going to overhype this shit? Are we really overhyping this shit? Um... You know, it's like, it's like, again, like, this movie brought out, you know, what, what people, I guess people are going to conceive as the hater in me. I'm going to just outright say it. It was an okay movie. Uh, I, I, I get this. I get the, 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 um, the subject material. I get how the movie progressed. Uh, twists and turns aside, I thought it was a decent movie. I understand it getting a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. People are into that type of stuff. And then you add all the racial aspects to it or the American aspects to it. Uh, they People, uh, they like that. They, especially black folk, they're, they're really into this movie. And I have no problem with that per se. I really, I really don't. You know, there's all these allegories people are making up. There's all this symbology that was used in the movie that can be drawn upon in real life. Sure. But let me say this fact right here. If you want to consider it a horror movie, it's trash. It's a good movie movie. It's a pretty decent movie movie. Personally, I'd give it a seven and a half. I'll give it an eight just because I out of respect for how people are are just so into it. So it has to have some type of impact. So for that alone, I could push it up to an eight. I personally, my personal feelings on it is a seven and a half, and it's not a good horror movie. Just gonna be honest with you, it's not a good horror movie, in my opinion. Uh, first of all, it, it makes me do too much thinking, and it's too many plot holes. It's too many uh, twists and turns, and I'm gonna keep it honest with you. I want to look at horror to be frightened, to be scared, to be like, oh, that's crazy, or that's out of pocket. I didn't want a social commentary. I don't want. I don't want horror. I don't want social commentary with my horror. I want to be scared. I want at least to be attempted to be afraid. I want there to there to be an attempt to scare me, to elicit reactions, to elicit emotion, not conversation. 
I get it. There's there's bigger elements in this world that's going on in the U.S. right now, but we can see it as we live in this this modern age. We can see it as we live. I don't need to go and watch a movie about it. Watching a movie like us makes me want a monster movie. Can I just have a monster movie, please? Can I just have a serial killer movie, please? You know, and, and I'm trying to, and I'm trying, I don't get me wrong, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because it has an impact on people. And pe again, people are so into the race thing. People are so into the, the, that niche thing now. Oh, let's make everything about race. Or makes, let's make everything about being anti-US or anti-this. And <sighs> Hold your horses. And I like to keep, again, I like to keep the respect of the, I like to respect the perspective of the actual artist. For one, Mr. Jordan Peele said this was not a race movie. This was not to criticize or get into race. So I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave the whole racial element and all the us versus them and whatever side stories or side allegories you want to put into social racial type situations. I'm going to leave that out of it because he said not to do it. He said that's not what it was about. So I'm going to let go of that. And just for and just just for you and just you know for my personal opinion, the whole aspect of the whole the cloning aspect, I thought that was irrelevant, and I thought it was it was it, it was convoluted. Um, again, I get the the aspect of having a double. I get the aspect of having a shadow element of yourself, a negative energy, negative energy. Because I, I instantly, when they started talking about shadow and and a different side of you and different, I instantly thought of Kami and Dragon Ball Z casting off Piccolo and creating something like that, something from within you. Uh, and again, what I get, and again, since it is not racial. And again, you're given and, and the thing about the movies and think about art is 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 you everybody's interpretation is different. And how people are gonna go about trying to trying to figure things out is gonna be different. So because I'm going to because for me, I feel the whole cloning part of the movie and all that was so outlandish and so over the top and unnecessary. For me, from my personal understanding, I personally had to let the shit go. So I had to look at it from a spiritual allegorical standpoint there is uh negative aspects of ourself there's negative traits caused by trauma caused by past decisions uh caused by things that we were not uh you know not willing to get over again i'm not going into no synopsis i'm not going to get into no summary everybody named mama already saw this so we're just we're going to be breaking down how i feel in these these little plot points these deeper elements that keep you know people want to really bring up okay and I'm going to challenge it today. I'm going to challenge it. I got all day. I got a few hours before work. So let's get to it. For real. So, yeah, breaking it down. and Yeah, so breaking it down, at least with the shadow elements and all that and the shadow side. I mean, I get that. You know, we were talking about negative aspects of these people's existence and what basically uh, what they become. If these if these feelings, these emotions are allowed to manifest, these behaviors eventually that they become, uh, like with the little boy and his doppelganger or his clone, for example, you see that the little boy is distant. He's kind of off into his own thing, a little bit on the weird side. I wouldn't say he's slow or anything like that, but definitely, you know, out there a little bit. He's into um, flame. He's into fire. He's into, uh, you know, you know, 
playing with matches and you can see where you know that type of mentality or that type of behavior or just uh, any type of mi mix-up could lead to him burning his face up he's already into mask so it makes perfect sense his his uh his clone quote-unquote would have that too again we're talking about the negative aspect of these people that's what i see as opposed to uh as opposed to you know somehow somehow some way you know because again he said to not make it about he said it wasn't about race jordan peele he said it himself so i'm not gonna look at it like that i'm gonna look at it you know duality the duality of each person uh, i cannot i'm not gonna get into the cloning aspect because it doesn't make any sense because you already have the see he could have he could have he could have made he could have played on the on the i, I guess he could have played on duality he could have made a movie based on that he could have made a plot based on that a full plot based on that and he could have had that same those same type of elements i think when you add all these different experiments government experiments and all that in the movie you put the rabbits in there you make it too convoluted you want to put too many ends you want to put too many meanings on everything you con you convoluted the, the the social tropes and you put it in a and and you put blood and you put some killing on it and you made a and you think you made a horror movie but that's not horror. Social commentary with violence is not horror. Again. He made it, he said it himself, this movie is not about race. Every other review that I heard, it's always some black people this or black people that. We're learning. No, that first of all, he told you that's not what it's about. Because how could it be really about you trying to get out and trying to do this, even when you go back to get out? Think about it. See, this is what I'm saying. And this is why I'm listening. And I, and I came across, and mind you, before I made my review, I looked at other people's reviews, not necessarily to know what to talk about or anything like that, but for one, I wanted to really understand where people were coming from when they were saying these more these more deeper hidden social medias. I wanted to hear their uh, explanation about it or what they saw, because I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see anything uh, more pertinent than what we actually see in real life. Nothing, nothing, nothing that I saw in the movie drew me into what's going on in real life. Again, it's fantasy. It shouldn't be put in. See, and this is what somebody told me, and this was frustrating. It frustrates me. When I have my issues with the plot, and I'll get to them in a second, I was told you're you're thinking about it too hard. Well, by you, by you putting all these different these different elements in there, this racial, you're overcomplicating things. And again, the whole aspect with the uh, another aspect that was in there uh, was the religious aspect with the uh, I think it was Jeremiah something like that, or some passage in the Bible eleven eleven. That uh, basically went on to say, again, it talks more about duality, more about the trouble that you bring, more about the trouble that you cause. So, again, when we look at that for itself and we look at that that passage, we understand what that hinted meaning is. Again, who we what I'm trying to figure out, OK, why are we blaming the U.S. when it's obviously the problem or the reflections that we're seeing are within ourselves? Yes, whatever, whatever media whatever society is 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 puts in front of us is somewhat influencing us of course but you don't have to be that way these are all choices again we don't really know what happened to the girl we're saying a clone I, I, I that we honestly it could have been an allegory for her losing herself in some way maybe she was right down there
maybe she maybe she because if we look at what her situation because they give you a situation in which again because you're seeing uh again the negative aspect these 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 shadows as what they call themselves or whatever to me they're the physical embodiment of the negative aspects of those human beings because again you see you see uh the father if you go all the way back to the beginning with adelaide's father you start seeing what led to her being lost you start seeing what led to the behavior uh to to, to her being missing and so i so there's traumas there's things that we're not discussing there's things that never get discussed that we hold on that's more what i'm getting i'm getting more if you if you if you if if you hit me with that, then I can then I can fuck with you. But if you're telling me all oh, the U.S. is out to get us, the U.S. is, is conducting these experiments, this, that, and the other. Uh, again, you know, I just I just can't buy it. You know, there's things about this movie that I just don't get. You've made a duplicate copy for everybody who's in the United States. How does that work? You cannot have a you cannot sustain a whole separate now I can see if you if you took a few thousand people and it was an experiment with a few thousand people, let's say you, you experimented on one town and you brought these people in. I get that. But a whole country, three hundred million people, I, I don't buy that. They just ate off rabbits, but they were able to copy whatever well for whatever reason they 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 lived uh, the same existence or were able to have the same share the same memories that the the live people above them were able to do. If they were able to do that, then why would they be stuck there? You see, that's why I'm, that's why I can't look at it as as that's you know because again, if you're copying whatever your double's doing. Yes, you're, you're going to learn how to do a lot of other things. You're not going to sit there all your life and walk around hunchbacked and, and groaning and, and moaning or whatever. You're going to learn English because that's what your physical double was doing. That's why it's hard for me to really believe, you know, that, you know, even in that movie's in that movie's universe, that that would even be possible. It could only be it, for me. It could only be some, you know, allegorical. Obviously, something happened to that mother as a child, and she never let that go, and she never spoke about it. And it was, and honestly, and honestly, she had a chance. This is why, you know, the whole thing, especially when, you know, and one in one part of the movie that I didn't like, and I'm gonna get into it real quick, and I'm gonna start getting into the real things, the real plot holes in it. And you know, for one, uh, with the whole, you know, the whole empowerment, and she, there's that ultimate, you know, epic feminist scene where she tells the man, where she tells her husband, you don't run this no more, you this, that, and the other. Again, it's dysfunction, it's showing our dysfunction, but even if we take it back from that, yeah, you know what, sure, he might have put him, he might have made some wrong decisions, he might have, you know, got him in whatever situation, but again, she had a chance herself to get out of that situation. She had a chance herself to, to tell her husband, because again, why would you, knowing what you've been through at that, at that beach, knowing what you've been through in that, in that town of Santa Cruz, who really knows what happened? We're just, we're just, we're just, it, we're just shown her being choked out and being left lifeless. It, again, it could be, it could be a representation of a loss of her own identity and somehow, some way, again, it could have been something more to it than that. If that's the case, all she had to do was open her mouth and be honest from the beginning of the movie and say, honey, 
something happened to me at that beach a long time ago and explain to him. And if that nigga can't look, if the, and if and if the bruh can't can't look at you, you you and understand where you're coming from and say, oh, well, we don't have to go there, then there's an issue. She never pressed the issue. She had all these different issues. But again, again, the lack of communication on both sides, that's what happens. Communicate your problems. See, because what I see here is what I see here, what I saw, what I saw is a pattern in which, in, in my opinion, that the lead character, uh, Adelaide, Lupita Nyong'o, you know, again, they wanted to empower her by putting down the black man. And again, Adelaide could have, could have empowered herself in the beginning by just being honest about her situation. Therefore, the man said, and given the, the man a chance to say, oh, okay, well, you're not just being stuck up. You're not just being disagreeable. So I don't have to take you along. So there isn't this, this guise of, oh, we're forcing you to come along. We're dragging you down. No, 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 no. Had you been honest and had you been open, you wouldn't have to been dragged out there. Because if my girlfriend told me I'm not going over there because this is something traumatic to me happened there and explained to me what happened, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't want to go to that place. So, again, again, it's 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 a myriad of different uh, complications, a myriad of different convolutions, because, again, I, I don't see how you would just sit and not really explain to your husband. This is what happened to me at this point in my life. This is what I had to be going through. This is why I would not want to go there. I would have been way more adamant about that. But again, that, that's that that's that unhidden that's that unhidden shit that you don't deal with. That's why you suppress she suppressed it. Instead of saying, This is what happened to me, this is why I don't want to go. So now you gotta deal with it forefront. And now you call yourself blaming your husband because oh he he dragged me over here. But in my had you would have told him, there's no guarantee I don't I don't there's no guarantee that he drags you and forces you to still go to that beach, specifically to that beach. That's that's the funny thing. That's one of my first issues about it. And they made the man be like a sucker and they try to play him like a sucker, but he was the only one, he was the first person to kill his his clone on one leg. On one leg. And if anybody succumbed, if anybody succumbed to the real, to the real negativity, to the shadow, it was the woman. They made the man look like a sucker the entire movie, played him, got his leg hurt. Then I hear in all the reviews, oh, he's a lame, he was a lame, he was a beta man. Look, the woman was the one that, that got herself taken over by the shadow. She the one that didn't want to that didn't want to talk her situation now. She stopped talking her entire life, never got over the situation, and it came back to haunt her again. That's what I see. Y'all see, I saw somebody coming to terms, coming to grip, reaffirming, oh yeah, women, no, women are not, no. Again, it, it again, it, it, I, for, I thought, you know, especially if you wanted to really highlight something, if you wanted to really highlight the strength in something, highlight the strength of the black family. For example, in the beginning scene, everybody comes out, the, the, the doppelgangers, the, all the clones come outside. Just the husband comes outside. Just the father comes outside. He has to face all five people. In my family, if there's six motherfuckers outside, six motherfuckers, if there's six motherfuckers in my house and six motherfuckers outside, all six people in my house are coming outside. That's what you wanted to show. 
And I do understand, you know, again, and I do agree with the aspect of, you know, um, the, the sinning of the living of your or you're dying by your sins and dying by what you worship. Again, I saw that I, I get the scene with the white woman and she calls out for the police. She calls out for this. And here comes fuck the police coming on and she ends up getting killed by her twin. OK, I get that part of it. But guess what? To be honest with you, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman did it better. It did it better. It was already been done before. Okay, he, I, in my opinion, this movie convoluted uh, all the social tropes, and it's funny because one of the, because like I, again, like I said, uh, before I made my review, I watched a lot of different. Uh, reviews of this movie just so again i can understand those social things that everybody wants to put out there and i made sure i watched a lot of brothers and sisters review this movie okay that's the majority of the reviews that i saw so i can get that element of it again and this is the funniest quote that i that i heard this is come this is coming from a review that i watched the sister said it seems to me that well, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it seemed to her that Jordan Peele was the rich, upper class black person who tried to interpret black Twitter through his movies. Really, should I ever heard? Really, should I ever heard? Because how could you, through the course of your two movies, try to put in so many of this social context, so many of this social uh, uh, thinking and all this critical thinking into shit like r race relations? And you're married to the liberal white woman and you're still living and working in the U.S. That's why I think he's he's marking off y'all fears. And to me, that movie wasn't scary. It's not a good horror movie. It's an average movie, uh, average movie movie. I guess there's some social commentary that could be discussed, but that's not what I'm looking for in horror. So I don't give it. I, I don't consider it a horror movie. I really don't. Again, I think it's convoluted. I think they put in too many tropes. He's a black M. Night Shyamalan. The twist didn't work so well for me. You know, it was an average movie to me. And that's how I'm going to keep it. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a lot going on. It was, a, it was a movie that had me asking questions every five minutes. And I didn't really like it. And uh, even and the more and the more that people explain it to me, the more that people really put those implications on the movie, the more I'm even more just so. And no, it's not that I don't understand it. It's just that I don't see it. And it, it, it is just not relevant to me, because, again, if you're in tune to what's going on in the world, a Hollywood movie that's that's playing into those things is not going to bother you. It's not going to excite you or get you to feel some type of way. That's just me. So it was an average movie. I gave it a seven and a half. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I'd give it a good look. I would personally wouldn't watch it twice. I don't need to. There's nothing that I missed. So, uh, and was Get Out a little bit better? Yeah, yeah. But the same kind of, you know, exaggeration of tropes that we already kind of know about. That's me. But anyways, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for today. Uh, my next episode, I will be detailing a story that we got brewing in Washington, of course. Uh, the Attorney General, William Barr, has officially released the Mueller findings, at least 
his version of it. So we're going to dissect that and the controversy that's still going along with that, of course. And I'm still working on part three of my immigration series. Uh, in this episode, I will be talking about uh, just more of Mexican California. Uh, basically, yeah, basically what California was like with the rancheros. A little bit more about the rancheros as well. Uh, and also, uh, basically, uh, going in, we're going to, you know, basically prequel the uh, Mexican-American War as well. Uh, so for now, I'm going to call it a wrap, y'all. Uh, if any Anybody, anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Uh, y'all take care. Peace out. One love. Y'all have a good day.